This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome. You're here live. Good morning. Good morning. You're here with Dr. Jeff Werber. Here, your host for the next 30 minutes of Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, your live call in show. We'd love you to call in at 877 385 8882. Once again, 877 385 8882. We are in the process of trying to find a new way to simulcast so you can join us live as Google Hangouts shut down. Can you imagine? Google, I'm, I'm sure they're running out of money, so they couldn't they couldn't handle it anymore. But uh, oh, poor Google. But anyway, yeah, they uh, they're not they don't have Google Hangouts. So uh, Mark Winter, our fantastic producer, we're going to try to find a new way to uh, get you live here on video, so you can join us and uh, come in and ask questions. There are some other uh, sites that we're going to explore and see if they work. Anyway, I've been gone for a couple of weeks. I was in a safari in Africa. It was absolutely amazing. We were in Kruger National Park. Well, actually, there were, were private parks just outside of Kruger National Park. One was in the Timbavardi area, the other one in Sabi Sands. For those of you who have done this before, those names may be recognizable. Uh, we had some fantastic camps, reserves. They, I, guess, they, I guess they call it glamping. Because it's pretty glamorous. Yeah, you're in a tent, but uh, when, you, when you're dealing with a tent with with tubs and hot tubs and air conditioning and a pool outside, it's pretty hard to to say you're roughing it. But uh, it was amazing. Then we went to Tanzania to the Ngorongoro Crater, uh, stayed at an amazing place called the Manor. Went to Manyara National Park. The crater itself was absolutely fantastic. And after that, we went up to the Serengeti, stayed in a couple of camps up there. And it was just the most amazing. I took took over a thousand pictures and um, I'd love to share them with you. I'm going to be posting them. Maybe we'll try to post them on the on the website itself on Pet Life Radio. But we're talking just an amazing time. I mean, you are literally right up close to the animals. They're right there. There was one we were watching a breeding between a lion and a, a lioness. And apparently, you know, these guys got to have some stamina. They go every 30 minutes for about five straight days. So no wonder where they're worn out. They, they didn't want to attack us. They were too tired. But uh, at one point, this male lion is looking after the breeding that we at least witnessed. I don't know whether it was the, the first or the 15th. But uh, he's walking around looking for her. And she was kind of hit the ground and lying down in some tall grass. And he's walking right by our truck, our Jeep. And uh, he's looking up at us like, oh, my God, is she there? And uh, it was uh, amazing. So great pictures. The cheetahs saw oh, saw the migration. The migration is also something you have to witness it. The pictures don't even do it justice. It looks fake when you see pictures. We're talking thousands upon thousands of wildebeest and hundreds upon hundreds of, of zebras, as they say, zebras. And uh, they are crossing the Mara River. Uh, for greener pastures. And then they come back. They're there for a couple of days and they come right back. It's crazy. We actually watched a crocodile literally get a hold of a very a young wildebeest that was just having a tough time climbing up on a rock from the river. Oh my God. We saw the the whole thing unfold. It, it's so sad. We're, we're rooting for this wildebeest. Come on, get up, get up on the rock. And uh, unfortunately, the rock crocodile won that battle. But it was uh, really an amazing experience, one that I could I would I can only recommend to anybody who wants to really see animals in their totally natural habitats. 
They are just beautiful, beautiful. It's it's amazing to see. Anyway, um, in the news, AHA Newstat, American Animal Hospitalization, and the AVMA, American Vet Med Association Smart Brief, another case of capnocytophaga. If you remember that one, that we reported on this a number of months ago uh, about a guy who had to have his arms and legs and tip of his nose amputated because of a bacterium that is transmitted via saliva of dogs, some cats, mostly dogs, and it causes severe vascular problems. It causes gangrene. It's a very vicious bacteria. And we were trying to advise once again, don't worry, don't have your dog stop licking you. But if you are immunosuppressed, if you know you're immunosuppressed, if you are on medication that is suppressing the immune system, it would be highly advisable not to share a dog's saliva with you, meaning no licking in the face, the mouth, don't let them lick your hands and and then eat. You got to wash your hands. Just take precautions. It is a very, very rare problem. But this woman in Ohio had also partial amputations of her arms and legs. And it was somehow it either gets through an open wound in your mouth or scratches. So it is very virulent, a a bacterium, but you have to have some underlying problems first before it becomes a problem for you. So one one, uh, also thing, this is common sense, we've talked about this before, but when you're going to bring your pet to a veterinarian, because they can't talk, it is extremely important to give as much history, even if it's something minute, even something you don't even think is important. It's absolutely very important to tell your veterinarian because some of these things may not be seem important to you, but they may have a tremendous importance for what we are trying to look for. So that's, as, as I, I like to say, when it comes to our pets, taking them to the veterinarian, there is no such thing as TMI, too much information. Every piece of information counts. Here's another one. Now, this is, um, I'm going to tell the story. And then also there's some, a lot of, I wouldn't say backlash, but a lot of response but the story from the new stat was no more pig ears. We are seeing a lot of cases of a, a multi-drug resistant salmonella infections in people and in dogs uh, across multiple states from the pig ears, they think. So listen to this. From since July 17th, there were 127 cases of people infected in 33 states. That's pretty bad. So then the responses came in. From all these very large established pet chains that are getting their pig ears only from the United States that have been tested, that have been sterilized, and they're saying, no, don't go blanket rule, no pig ears. But make sure the pig ears you're buying have some sort of certification. Make sure they're made in the United States. And if you are into that for your pets, if your pets seem to like them, don't buy the bargain brands that are coming from places outside of the U.S. that we don't know and make sure there have been some steps. If your dog really, really likes them, do some homework, look at a brand, do a check on it, call them. What are they doing to help prevent this, the, the bacteria to kill off any of the salmonella? But that would be wise on your part, just just to be safe. Oh, by the way, in that, just, just so you know how, how and why to be careful, of those 127 cases, 24 cases children under five years of age. So again, because you know, kids aren't as careful, they do their thing. So anyway, keep that in mind. This is sad, no surprise. And I have to admit, I am one of the guilty parties here with a few of mine, but cats are getting fatter. 
uh, research at the Ontario Veterinary College in Guelph, Canada, um, in, in Toronto, that most pet cats we know put on weight as they age. That's nothing new to humans either, by the way. And the average weight is on the rise. The mean body weight, so they, they looked at some of the main cat breeds, Siamese, Persian, Himalayan, and Maine Coon, and these body weights have peaked between, they usually peak between six and 10 years of age, and then starts to decline as you get older. Of course, males greater than females, and spayed and neutered greater than intact. And we've talked about it before. We, we know that statistic that we've heard of because obviously there's no more sexual energy. So their animals are sitting around. The males aren't hunting as much. So they're not looking for females as much. So if, they, if there are no modifications made on their dietary intake, then of course, eating the same amount of calories, but less exercise, they're going to gain weight. And then comes the, the subject of exercise. Think about how easy it is to exercise a dog versus how easy it is to exercise your cat. And obviously, they're not the same. You're not going to go to the park with your cat, get the tennis ball frisbee, and play fetch. You'd be lucky enough just to put a harness on your cat and take them for a walk outside. So outdoor cats, yes, they may have less problems with obesity, but they have way more problems with leukemia, dogs, cars, coyotes, etc. So yes, they may be thin, but they're going to be dead. So I'm still a, a fan, especially in the cities, having indoor cats, but you got to make the necessary adjustments in their food. Of course, keep in mind that usually dry food, more fattening, if you will. Uh, it's more carbs. Remember, cats are obligate carnivores. They want to eat that meat. They process the meat. But also keep in mind, and this is what I'm kind of worried about with two of mine. And yes, I'm embarrassed to say, yes, they like to eat. When it comes to fat cats, we see higher incidence of type 2 diabetes in cats and especially overweight cats. So, again, very important to keep that in mind that you want to do what you can to keep your cats nice and lean. During the 4th of July fireworks, we talked about a, a product that I kind of like. It's called the Calms Vest. And one of the things it does, it plays classical music. Well, there, there's a, a study that came out, a new study. But what they're finding as they're doing the next phase of a lot of these studies is that the dogs seem to habituate faster to classical music. So it's at, at the beginning, it's great. It works well. But then it's sort of like to get used to it and, it and it loses its charm, if you will. Five years from now, we might find out the same thing about soft rock and reggae. But, but right now, the winners are soft rock, reggae, still classical music if it's a new thing for a new dog. But that's the new thing. What we want to avoid are loud, fast tempo music. Avoid heavy metal. Because that, for dogs that are already have some sort of sound aversion, you play loud rock or heavy metal. And that's like the thunderstorm. That's like the fireworks on 4th of July. So you're defeating the same purpose. You're not going to play a music, a loud music. In fact, as we talk about one of the tricks of ultimately getting your pets used to, say, let's say fireworks as an example, is that you download fireworks, the sound effects of fireworks, and you play them with the dog at barely audible. You probably won't hear it. The dogs could hear it. Okay. And what you do is when you're playing this very low, low audible fireworks, you are giving some reward to the dog. And then the next training session, you play, turn the volume up a little bit more and let him listen and then give a reward. It's not loud enough for him to fear and shake and shiver. It's almost like a, a bass hitting very low. And dogs seem to like bass. 
Then you go to a little louder and you just keep doing this every training session, maybe two, three, three a week uh, until the dog is listening to loud fireworks and basically waiting for his reward. Doesn't he's not getting freaked out. He's not hiding under the bed. He's not running, jumping on your lap, even though he's a 140 pound Great Dane. He is just chilling and listening to the music and getting treat, getting reward for listening to that, which used to induce fear and anxiety. And now they like it. So that's something to, uh, of course, keep in mind. Sad news, Chaser. Chaser, the famous Border Collie that had a vocabulary of over 1,000 words, passed away at 15 a couple of weeks ago. She was an amazing dog. She actually belonged to a professor emeritus, a psychiatrist, who was teaching her over the years words. What he would do is he would buy different toys, different objects, and name each one. So every one of them had a name. And then as he increased her vocabulary, in fact, he, he went on TV shows with this. He would have a pile of toys, all right? Each one had a name, and, and he would give like the host some names to pick, totally random. And he would have the toys all named with a picture of what their name was, and he would say, Chaser, go find Gladys. Go find Enid. Go find Bill. And she would actually go through the pile and come up with the right toy. Amazing, over 1,000 words. They say she was probably the smartest dog on the planet. Uh, and we know that Border Collies in general, most of these herding dogs are extremely intelligent. And uh, she proved it uh, again and again that she was really smart. I unfortunately don't know some people that have vocabularies of over 1,000 words. So I'm, uh, I'm very impressed. And one last thing before we uh, break for a quickie break, then we're going to come back and talk about something that hit the news. It was very, very disturbing, and it could happen to any of us and or any of our dogs. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to leave you hanging for a good reason, because I want you to come back for the second half of the show. But well, if your pet is a diabetic, we mentioned diabetic cats. If your pet's a diabetic type, uh, dogs usually get type 1 diabetes, which is totally insulin dependent. Cats, on the other hand, these overweight cats, will get type 2 diabetes, which might be controlled with diet and some medication, but also often they will need insulin as well, at least at the beginning. Talk to your veterinarian. There are new insulin pens out there that are becoming increasingly popular, that there's the, the people use them all the time. They are preset with the amount of insulin you need. There's much less wasting of the insulin. And it's probably one of the new waves. I'm, you have to check it out with your vet. Uh, you're still going to have to give a shot. So it's not like, you know, Star Trek where they just put that thing up to your neck and give you something that goes through your skin. This is the real deal. It's still going to be a needle. It's still going on, on sub-Q, but you'll, uh, you'll have less wasting. And uh, it's a better way to go. We have to try to find Dr. McCoy and have him teach us how to give the other kind of shots. Anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jack. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, 
Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's SS with Dr. Jeff. So before the break, I gave you a little teaser, something I really need to talk about, very sad, and something that I had I, you hear about, but I never really heard of a case until recently two cases, and that is something called blue-green algae. And summertime, we go to parks, we go places where there might be a pond or a stream or a lake some stagnant water. It's warm out. It's hot. It's muggy. And if you look at the surface of the water, it has sort of a blue-green tint to it. It almost looks like there's a layer of paint over it. And you might see some uh, ducks and um, you know birds on the on the lake. But this is called blue-green algae. It is a cyano. It's actually a bacteria called cyanobacteria, and it is highly toxic to our pets. Highly toxic to dogs and cats. I don't see many cats swimming on lakes, but they might be drinking on the edge, but certainly dogs. So you really want to avoid, you know, having these dogs swim in these ponds, these lakes, having them chase your tennis ball or whatever. Science, there are two different types of poisons that we often see. One is called a microcystin. All right, microcystin. The other one is an anatoxin. The microcystin affects more of the liver. And some of the signs that you might see, and, and one thing, it's so frightening about this, the signs come on really, really quickly, especially the anatoxins. But the microcystins, you got vomiting and diarrhea. You might get black, tarry stool, seizures, jaundice because of liver disease, disorientation, coma, uh, even shock. They might salivate, and you might see some neurologic signs, muscle tremors, et cetera. And uh, when it comes to the um, anatoxins, those are the ones that are more of a neurotoxicity, and these signs come on really fast. There were two deaths where a woman had her two-year-old healthy dog, okay, and in in a pond, and there's places she's frequented in the past. She gets out, the dog you know, dries the dog off, and all of a sudden, even before she's done drying off, the dog starts to f- seem really wobbly and weak, like he, can- he can't hold his balance. So she panicked, of course. She put him in the car, started driving to the vet. By the time she got in the, to the vet, he had basically already struggling to breathe. His respiratory muscles were paralyzed. His diaphragm was paralyzed. He couldn't even breathe, and he died within an hour of having swum in that lake. So 
It is really, really serious. It happens really, really fast. And um, just, you know, it's, it's one of those things we have to be aware. So the science on the anatoxins, and I'll read it for you, um, basically excessive secretions, they will salivate, they will tear. You'll start seeing muscle tremors. You'll start seeing rigidity, paralysis, and even check this out, a blue discoloration of the skin, probably from anoxia, from not getting enough oxygen. The mucous membranes will turn blue. And listen to this, death follows within minutes to hours. So it is from respiratory paralysis. Livestock that usually are allowed to drink, you know, they'll go around these uh, lakes and ponds and drink. They will be often found dead near the water. So, that, I mean, that's how fast it can happen. Uh, you have to get them in. You have to anti-seizure medication, aggressive care, oxygen. Bottom line is it is extremely toxic and potentially very, very deadly. So it falls under the plant category. But so you have cyanobacteria, microcystis, anabina. These are all different names for the different cyanotoxins and anatoxins. So my recommendation is that if you frequent places like that, during, especially during spring and summer, and your dogs are having the freedom to swim in these bodies of water, if you see any kind of algae, green stuff floating on top, the color of the water, blue-green, 100% avoid them. Find a friend who's got a swimming pool and let them swim in a swimming pool. Do not let them swim in any of these bodies of water. So once again, as we search for a new home, if you will, a video simulcast home, we're checking into a few of them. Uh, you will be hearing me just on the audio only. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. We're looking for ways that you can actually join us as well as we used to be able to do in Google Hangouts. In the meantime, if you have any questions, you want to get a hold of me, very easy. Dr. Jeff, that's Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, you can also send me directly to Dr. Jeff at drjeff.com, but it's better if they go through Pet Life Radio. And also, um, I've talked about our AirVet, my new telemedicine, telehealth, teletriage app. It is up and running. If your veterinarian has not yet signed up, you can sign up still by when it asks you for a special code, which it will. Uh, you can put AH, that's Animal Hospital, 2019, AH. 2019 at the very beginning when it asks for an email or a code, you put that code in, you can register. When you register, you're going to be putting in your hospital's name. If we find that your hospital is not a member of the AirVet network, we will reach out to them as well. But it is a great way to talk to a veterinarian. You will be connected to a vet 24-7. If your vet is not available, if it's too busy, if it's during the day and they're in surgery, if it's after hours at night and the recording sends you directly to an emergency where you will spend a fortune and 80% of those emergencies are not. So this is a great way to field the call. First, speak to a real live veterinarian that can help you determine is this an emergency or not. And what might you be able to do at home to get you through the evening? And it's a great way to uh, let your veterinarian stay in charge and keep a lot of that hard-earned money of yours in your wallets, purses, pocketbooks, whatever. Also, if you have your friends that also might need some veterinary care, pass on the AirVet. You can check me out on Instagram, Facebook, etc. And if you want to see some really, really cool pictures that I took, uh, on my safari, that's where you might find them. Not you might, you will find them. And uh, if you want to see more, hey, contact me. I'll send you some more amazing, amazing pictures. Until uh, next time, 
Uh, have a great week, and we'll catch you here again on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Take care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.